you'd like to open your Bibles, we'll be in Philippians chapter 3, or it will be on the screen, um, and that would be fine. I, I, I was listening to JC talking about this um, dynamic in Sri Lanka uh, this morning, and I had read, but I hadn't read how many people had been injured and how many people had passed, and um, um, I go, that, that's awful. Um, but then I read about our country. Anybody read the newspaper le- lately? Our world is a scary place. And these babies that are in here, they need to understand there is a hope. If you haven't figured out yet, we actually believe in this stuff. Okay? I am not a pastor who goes through motions. I am not a pastor who does ritual. I think ritual and religion are an enemy of God. Okay? Too many people go to church to go to church and say, Oh, I was at church. Big hairy deal. Even the devil goes to church. Okay? It's not about that, kids. It's about I want you to understand that experience that that no matter who you are, no matter what has happened in your life, no matter what is happening in your life, Jesus Christ not only died, but on the third day he rose again and he sent his Holy Spirit to apply all of that glory, all of that power, all of that healing, everything you will ever need to your everyday life. What did I do? You left it on again, right in the middle of my prayer. Did you hear that? Where was I? But folks, I hurt for people. I hurt for people who go to church every Sunday. And there's absolutely no difference in the the power in their life and in their hope than the people they quote of the world that we're supposed to win. I want you to understand something. God never promised you a rose garden. I thought I'd throw that one in there. You that are older know what I'm talking about. You that are younger have no idea. Well, what? what's a rose garden? You know. God never promised you happy. He promised you in the middle of whatever a power and a glory and a wisdom to be able to raise up and be the person you were created to be in the first place. Amen. Amen. I want you kids to listen this morning. I don't want you drawn. Put it down. All right? You kids need to hear this this morning. This is powerful. This is what every one of us needs for our lives. Amen? So very, very, very important. I want us to think about this week for a second. And, and, and we started out last week on Palm Sunday. They probably didn't call it Palm Sunday back then, but it was it's Palm Sunday for us. And how too often we're kind of like them because Jesus came riding into the city. And we talked about the fact that Jesus came riding into the city weeping. And the reason he came riding into the city weeping was he realized These folk are clueless. These folk have no idea what's actually going on and what's about to happen to them. And they really don't understand why I'm riding into the city. Too often we do the same thing when it comes to religion. We go to church and we think God's going to do stuff for me. God's going to give me the stuff I want. God's going to turn things around in my life so that I can have what I want. Let me help you with something. If that's true, then Jesus, Peter, and Paul got ripped off. 
every one of Jesus' disciples died because of Jesus Christ. It didn't work out for them the way we sometimes in religion tell people it's going to. I want you to understand something. You may have a yucky life. Aren't you glad you came this morning? No, I'm serious. But am I wrong? Does anybody here not have yuck in their lives? That's a real theological term. Yuck. Okay? But it's real, isn't it? But here's the cool part. Jesus knew coming in to that city that he was not going to be their earthly king. He knew that he was not going to turn things around the way they thought he was. He was not going to overthrow the Roman government. He was not going to do all these things that they thought he was going to do. But Jesus knew what he was going to do. And when he came into the city, he <laughs> I love it. Because the first thing he did was he went into the church. And he saw all the dumb, stupid, ignorant, selfish things going on in the church. And, and being kind of a redneck pastor, he took a whip. Everybody says, I'm mean. Pastor Letterman's mean. I ain't taking a whip yet. He took a whip. And kids, if you're frustrated with the church because of the garbage you hear about it, it's because nobody's willing to step up like Jesus and say, that trash doesn't belong here. The garbage doesn't belong in the church. This is supposed to be a house of prayer. That's why we're making the prayer room. The first place everybody should go from this week on is down to that prayer room and get everything right, get everything straight, and pray for the preacher's salvation before you... That was a joke. Before you come. Amen? It's supposed to be a house of prayer. It's supposed to be a house of power. It's supposed to be a house of love. It's supposed to be a place when you walk in that you know you're going to be loved even though you are who you are. <laughs> that was a joke too. But you hear what I'm saying? Amen? I want you to understand that, that Jesus was not one who messed around. And neither should we be people who mess around. And just allow foolishness around you to go on. But the bottom line is Jesus knew what he was about. Knew what he was doing. I almost fell down the steps. He had the last supper. Now this week we had the last supper. I ordered, fry, I ordered 100 pieces of chicken from Walmart. Them Jewish people, they like fried chicken. This is the second time they've done this to me. I get over to, or Jen and Joe get over to Walmart, and for the second time, it ain't done. Now, I had gone on Wednesday to make sure it was going to be done, but it wasn't done. That's all right. We didn't starve to death. Then they burn it. All right? So we had a last supper too. <laughs> it will be our last supper with Walmart, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm supposed to be religious on Easter. 
But right after that, one of his people sold him. And they came and got him. And over the next couple of days, he suffered the most excruciating death. Now, it wasn't just physical death. I mean, the pain he suffered was mental. I want you to think about this. You're up here on this cross being beaten, being all these bad things. And I have to be careful because the kids are here. And all these, you know that you're doing this for all of these people that are at the foot of the cross yelling crucify him, making fun of him. Could you imagine what that would do to you mentally? As a human, I don't know about you, but I'd be ticked. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm dying for you and you're busting my chops. You know, it's hard. Emotionally. Could you imagine the emotions that he went through and all the stuff that was being said and everybody the night before who said, oh no, you don't have to worry about me. I'm with you. I got your back. Don't worry. No matter what happens, even unto death, I got you. None of them were with him. None of them. Could you imagine the emotions of that? And then you have to understand, there was spiritual pain and separation. You see, when he went to the cross, he took all of my sin. And you're supposed to say, mine too. (laughs) And he had all of that on his shoulders. And because of that, there was a separation between he and the Father. And that's why he said, Father, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? You know? He's got nails in his hands and his feet. And he's, he's got all this pain and, and, and this thorn of uh, crown of thorns on his head. And all this mockery and all that was going on. And... Anybody know what Isaiah 53 says? It says, because he suffered the way he suffered, you and I can be healed. But but, but I have mental illness. I struggle mentally. So did he. And he can come and he can heal your mind and help you to take every thought captive. Well, I struggle emotionally. Kid, I was in a state of depression for over 10 years. I know about mental, emotional battles. But I just kept praying. And I just kept praying. And I just kept praying. And I just kept reading. And I just kept begging. And I'm going to be honest, in the middle of that, there were some times I was ticked at God. Did you ever pray and He don't do what you want right away? I'm talking, I ain't talking right away. I'm talking 10 years, Jack. But you know what? Eventually. He reached down. I don't know why I went through that. 
And he brought healing little by little by little to my mental, emotional life. Now, let me let you know a secret. You're not supposed to tell people stuff like that. Because the preacher is supposed to be on a pedestal. Well, that's a pile of foolishness. Because the preacher struggles with everything you struggled with, just like Jesus struggled with everything you struggled with and was tempted the same way and more than you. He died this death. And near the end, it's an amazing thing. It's kind of what J.C. was talking about. He looked at these people that were causing this excruciating pain and making fun of him. He looked at these folks and he said, Father, forgive them. Because they don't know what they're doing. Anybody here ever been hurt by somebody that you were really close to? Anybody here ever just felt like, you know what? That's a pain I can never get over, let alone forgive. Let me help you with something. Jesus Christ went through a greater pain than you will ever go through. And yet, he forgave. And now he can come to your aid and help you to forgive and let that trash go. Amen. Amen. It's such a powerful thing. It's such a powerful thing. And here's the cool part. He said... It is finished. Amen. It is finished. And you know what that means? Everything that needed to be accomplished, everything that needed to be completed, everything that needed to be finished for you to be saved and have eternal life in Him has already been done. Amen. Don't let any preacher, don't let anybody tell you, well, that's good, but you still got to do this, this, and this, and you got to stop this, this, and this. Let me, you tell them, go talk to Pastor John, and he will throw you out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you tell them, no. Everything that needed to be accomplished for my salvation has already been accomplished. Amen. Everything that needed to be accomplished for my forgiveness has already been accomplished. Okay? I don't need that. And he was placed in the tomb. And they were real jittery and real nervous because he had made some claims that if on the third day, he was going to rise again. I'll say it again. Y'all must have missed it because very few of you are smiling. He had made a claim that on the third day, he was going to rise again. Go ahead. It's church. I know we're not supposed to have fun, but it's okay to smile. But kids, you need to hear this. That was his promise. And along comes a couple of Marys, and they're checking out the tomb. And they had put this big old stone in front of it. And all of a sudden they come and this angel looks at them and says, He has risen. Just like he said he would. 
He has risen. Just like he promised he would. Let me help you with something, kids. Every promise he ever made, he will do. Because you see, he has risen just like he said he would. Amen. Amen. Now, too often, (laughs) we're like the disciples. Where were they? Back in some room, sucking their thumbs. They didn't even believe the young lady when she came. He is risen. Now you're you're lying. You know. know. Think about that. Sometimes, don't you and I get there? We get in life, and we look around and we go. We see the winds. We see the waves. We see the stuff. We see the scars. We see all the stuff. And and here's the part we've got to be careful of. I don't know about you, but. I got a lot of good excuses that I actually believe that make it okay for me to suck my thumb. Somebody say amen. Amen. Too often, we have this terrible thing where, you know, it's okay for me to sit there and not live out the resurrection, but everybody else should. I want you to understand something. As you leave today, I don't want you to miss the power of And the glory and the hallelujah of the resurrection right in the center of your life. This is not for super Christians because there is no such thing. This is for all of us. Okay? This is so very, very, very important. Amen? Amen. So very, very, very important. You want to read the scripture with me? It says, Paul says, I want to know Christ. Let me ask you a question. Do you know him? I didn't ask you if you believe in him. Everybody lays that one on me. Oh, I believe in God. And what's my answer to that? So does the devil. Okay? It's not about believing in him. He came to establish a relationship with us. Amen? Amen? I, I want you to understand. He's there 24-7. He has all the answers. I've got very few, and most that I give aren't worth a whole lot. Amen? So I want you to get that. I want you to understand that. But, but you can know him today. You don't have to wonder. You can know him. You can have a personal relationship with him. You can wake up in the morning and look straight in his face and see his love and his grace and his glory for and on your life. Amen? Amen. So very, very important. Yes, to know the power of the resurrection. I want to know the power of the resurrection. But you have to understand, I want to take the next four words out. I'm kidding. If you're new, he's kidding. You see, I like the resurrection thing. Rose from the grave. Yeah, baby. I'm into that. This suffering thing, just between me and you, I could do without that. Anybody else? Not a liar? It's just, I'd just rather. Here's the part you've got to understand, though. It's in the suffering that you find the power of the resurrection. Please remember that. This morning I came in here, and if, and if you know me, I'm about as mechanical as a duck. 
okay? I have no mechanical ability at all, um, at all. And I came in, and, and, and there were two lights out. And I got this thing that I put up there and take the lights out, you know. And the first one, the whole thing just started twisting. Not just the bulb, the whole doohickey. That's the technical word for it, doohickey. I'm like, oh, man, because I knew I wasn't fixing nothing. Then the one right in front of it was out. And it comes, and I go pull it out, and that whole thing comes damn plus all over the place. And you have to understand, you know them fruits of the Spirit? <laughs> Love and joy and peace and next one. And <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I ain't good at that patient stuff. I pray for it. I really do. And God's going to help me just for death. But the bottom line is, and I'm riding over to Lowe's because Pastor forgot to get the bulbs. You're welcome. And I'm in the car and God's like, hey, Goofberg. Isn't this what you're talking about this morning? Yeah. Still didn't want to hear about it. (laughs) But kids, we need to remember something. It's not in the happy hurrah times where we need or experience the resurrection glory of God. It's in those very difficult times. And those are nothing. That's nothing. That's nothing. When our two children died, that's when I needed the power of the resurrection. Amen? You know? And let me tell you, I just got to tell you this story. And I didn't do this to make women cry. But our, our Elizabeth, we, our Stephen died. And, and in less than a year, uh, Elizabeth came. And we still, they thought she was going to make it. But for some reason, she didn't. And I'll never forget the moment she was dying. And this is the reality of the resurrection. My little girl is dying. And I've got peace beyond all human comprehension. When I talk about the resurrection glory of Jesus Christ in the midst of our suffering, kids, that's what I'm talking about. And that's real. And I want you to understand it's there for you too. Amen. And the participation of it in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow I can attain to the resurrection from. Jesus didn't just rise again so we could have Easter and the children could get candy. He rose again 
just like he said he would. So that no matter where you are or ever may be, you can be raised in the newness and the glory of God's eternal life. Kids, I don't know what's happening in your life. I really don't. Maybe your life is perfect. But maybe stuff's happening in your home and in your marriage. And you really don't know how to get out of it. Lisa and I have been there. I want you to understand something. Today's a good day. To establish the resurrection of Jesus Christ in the center of your home and your marriage. Maybe someone has hurt you. Maybe an ex. I hear that a lot. Well, my ex did this and my ex did that. I want you to understand something. Today's a good day to say, you know what, Jesus? I need you to come to the center of that pain and that heartache or that difficulty. And I need you to establish the glory of your resurrection right there. Because it is something that nags at me and nags at me. And every time I take a step forward, the Satan reminds me of that trash. And all of a sudden, my blood pressure goes up. And I'm angry and bitter and frustrated. Today's a good day to say enough of that. You know, I know some of you didn't have a great home life growing up. I know that. I I know that. None of us had a perfect home life. And modern counseling has something that frustrates me. It basically communicates it's okay for you to be a mess because your mama was a mess or your daddy was a mess. Kids, why would we want to go there? Today's a good day to say, you know what, God? Instead of allowing that stuff to dog me and pull me down for the rest of my life, today's a good day to say, you know what? No more. No more. I am going to allow the resurrection of Jesus Christ to pour out his glory and his love and his healing in that area of my life so that I can shake that off and so that I can be raised to be that person that I really do know I want to be. Amen? Amen. Thank you. I love them little amen. They're the only three listening. No, I'm just kidding. But I want you to hear something. Today's a good day. Today's a good day to say, you know what? Enough of this trash. Enough of this foolishness. Enough of this junk that's distracting me. Enough of this stuff that keeps pulling me down. Enough of this garbage. That just keeps, to, keeps dogging my life and dogging my life and dogging my life. And I'm never happy. And, I, and I'm never the person I want to be. And, and all that has to happen is something comes, reminds me of that, and I can't let it go. 
Well, you know what? If the Father, through the Spirit, can raise Jesus from the dead, then He this morning can raise you. Can raise you from wherever and whatever you need to be raised from. We're going to sing one more song. And then I'm going to ask Scott to come and pray if he would. And there's a mic right there. But this song asks, what are you going to build your life on? And I'm telling you, this is important. This is an important decision. Because a lot of you are kind of living on anger. This has happened, that's happened, things haven't worked out the way I thought they should. I'm angry, and I can find a group of people that tell me it's okay for me to be angry. Why would you want to go there? A lot of people are living in these lives that are just kind of down, 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 down. And I, I, we're just like, it's, it's okay. And we surround ourselves with people that tell us it's okay and it's understandable that we're down. Why would we want to stay there? Some of us have things in our lives that we know why we're really struggling. We know. That there is this thing called sin in our lives. And sin brings destruction. And sin constantly distracts us. And sin constantly pulls us down into the mud. But the reason Jesus Christ died on the cross... And the reason he rose from the grave was to set us free from sin. To set us free from anything and anyone and anything that's dogging us. To set us free so that we can be raised in the power of God to be the people that we really want to be. Instead of leaving here saying, oh, that, was, that guy's crazy. Why don't you leave here saying, hmm. I'm leaving in the resurrection of God. I'm leaving in the power of God. I'm leaving a new person. We're leaving a new marriage. In a new marriage. We're leaving in a new power. In a new glory. In a new wisdom. I am leaving this place. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Has absolutely been established. At the center of who I am. And I'm going to build my life. On that foundation. Amen. Amen. What a great day. What a great day. Amen. Amen. What a great day. Let's stand. Let's sing this song and then Scott's going to come and pray for us.